Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Share Watch Podcast. So, with a new name comes a new affiliation. So, I am delighted to announce for the month of September, I'm going to be working with an amazing pal of mine, Laura Farrington. So, Laura was back on the podcast a little while ago, where she spoke about how she has dealt with her own meditation, how she's dealt with her own anxiety, how she's dealt with her own traumatic past experiences. And Laura and I have been friends for a long, long time at this stage. And Laura has launched a a new meditation service and it's perfect for someone who's feeling anxious stressed or simply looking to feel better in their own daily routine and daily life laura is providing classes monday to friday for 15 minutes so 7 a.m is one class 8 a.m is the next class it's simply 15 minutes and it's a beginner's journey into meditation laura qualified to teach meditation about five years ago uh, through her course in india and she's also a fully qualified fully qualified yoga teacher as well and the classes are incredible so i'm delighted to be partnering up with laura there's classes that you can sign up for weekly passes there's daily passes or there are other passes as well and it's hugely important that if you're looking forward to create some sort of morning routine with the kids going back to school trying to start start off your day right or you're looking to do a quick meditation maybe even the bus or in the car when the kids are kind of gotten out of the car or else even in the shower or whatever it may be you can you can work with laura and kind of join in and book that 15 minutes in for yourself and that could start off the day in the right foot so if you're interested in working with laura and joining up for a course is head over to meditate with laura on instagram or head over to www.meditatewithlaura.ie and i have a code of shane 25 s-h-a-n-e 25 for 25 percent off your initial first purchase so if you are interested in work with laura www.meditatewithlaura.ie shane 25 is the discount and i hope you guys enjoy the podcast hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the shane walsh podcast so Thank you guys to everyone who has downloaded an episode, who has listened to one second. I think the episodes that you guys are particularly relating to are the client episodes. And we had Grace on a couple of weeks ago. And I think I literally got a voice message off Grace there about like the perception. I, I played it to play it to Dallas before we came on. And like it, it, it's just like chalk and cheese. And it's it shows that if someone truly wants to change, and it will get uncomfortable, but it can happen. I think that's the hardest people think, realize that's different for them. I think from Grace, or if you listen to Mia, or if you listen to Una, or if you listen to Kate, or if you listen to Amy, it can be possible. There are client episodes for you guys that are there for a reason. Yeah. And it just shows you that it's possible with the right process for you. And it's important to find the right process for you, but realizing the process may be uncomfortable as well. And we do things a little bit differently as well. So today is Coach's Corner Volume 21. Um, that's a trick question because I'm never sure. So we're getting to quite a lot of Coach's Corners. We are, but I think I, I find that sometimes I forget that we were, were we have a red button over the top left-hand corner. And it's just kind of like a it's a it's a it's a thing for us to rant on. And it's just and it's just enjoyable. So like it's happy out. Um so today's episode is one of those things that this 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 particular tool or app um i'm sure and it's not tinder um is one of those that i think a lot of people have used and probably use it incorrectly and probably shouldn't use it or should use it depending on the person but this episode is going to be on is fitness pal all it's cracked up to be and it if anyone hasn't used my fitness pal my fitness pal is an app that is owned by under armor clothing brand and it is an app that allows you to track your calories it allows you to set a weight a, a weight loss rate for yourself if it is attached to your garmin or your fitbit it will kind of add on your calories and eat back your calories it is a very very useful tool in the right hands it's like putting a hammer into a, a like a kind of like a someone who is a builder they that's the right tool but if you put a hammer into a child's hand it's not going to end too well. It's the exact same thing. So we're going to kind of talk about, kind of, Dallas and I will always like to play devil's advocate. And this is an interesting point of view. And the, the big thing that I'm going to get Dallas to talk about first is the pros of my using my fitness pal. So Dallas, how are we, sir? I'm doing absolutely well. I want to have one rant on my fitness pal. It shouldn't be called my fitness pal because there's no fitness element to it. 
it's nutritional element. So and it's no pal. It's, uh, it's not a, your friend. <laughs> exactly. It really is not your friend. So when anyone, someone goes, oh, yeah, it's my fitness pal. It's like, it's got nothing to do with fitness. It's just food related. And then it takes in arbitrary numbers for exercise. Stupid. So that's and, Dallas's TED Talk. <laughs> done. So let's start in. So pros. It allows you to actually have a little bit of an understanding what it goes in and out when it comes to food. And what I mean by that is often people have this idea that things are lower calorie than they actually are. But also a lot of people don't understand the makeup of what goes into food. So we often look at things as saying, if chicken is protein and pasta is carbs, there we go. That's it. That's the category. But more effectively, there's more to than more to it than just carbs, protein, and fat. So, like you can see, pasta has protein and some fat. You can see chicken has protein, carbs, and fats. So it's like it gives people a more nuanced understanding of what actually is in the food. It then allows them to see actually where vitamins and minerals come from, which is needed for the body to function at its whole whole wholeness. And that's a big thing to notice. So a lot of people don't recognize it. So a big pro on that side. But it also then allows people to overcome the bias of, I eat very little throughout the day. I don't eat anything. Like, honestly, I really don't. And when you're now forced to actually be cognitively aware of what you're eating and actually having to put some time and effort into it, like I have to weigh the food so I can get an accurate representation of what I'm eating, it gives you a very good picture of where things go missing, from little treats to extra little tad bits here and there. So that's a big, wonderful pro. But it's like from that aspect, it's the tool, as you've spoken about. It gives you the ability to bring awareness into your life, and from there you can use it to create change. That's if you're in a good position for it. Is there any other pros that you think about? Because I'm thinking those are the only two, really. It's it, it's a useful metric. Um, it's a useful metric for kind of like bringing in some sort of element of saying, like, you know, your budget giving you some sort of education tool, but it has to be in the right hands. Mm. I'm going to play devil's advocate now and kind of go on the cons is that it has to be in the right hands in mm. that it's the only reason someone should use it is if they're in the place emotionally and if they haven't got an eating disorder if someone's coming from an eating disordered background please stop using it please go and talk to someone there is support for you out there Hmm. and it's not your fucking pt sitting in your gym that is not the support for you it's the likes of jamie rice who is jamie's diet guide the likes of Brian O'Hengisa, who's over at Triage now, it's the likes of working with a proper, proper dietitian, or there is help out there and institutions that can help as well, and like BodyWise and stuff like that over in Ireland. Um, and Harriet Frew and stuff like that over in the UK, and Callum, uh, who's been on the podcast as well. But it's a lot of people, when they start to use my fitness pal, is they will go for the quickest rate of weight loss. They'll go for like two, two and a half pounds of weight loss on it. But that is like building your house on a foundation of matchsticks. You haven't got the blocks, you haven't got the foundation set, and you're trying to put the roof on to a wonky building that is just going to collapse. You haven't got the tools or habits in place, particularly if you're emotional eating, potentially if you haven't got your self-perception or your self-worth. So if you are listening to this and you have my fitness pal and you've entered in, right, I'm going to have two pounds of weight loss a week, right? That's probably going to bring up this magic number, 1,200 calories. I want you to uninstall the app. I want you to, and if you don't install the app, I want you to say, right, go for a half a pound of pound of weight loss a week. Half a pound of weight loss a week is still about 26 pounds over a 12-month period. Yeah. That's not saying that everyone has to lose 26 pounds, but if you're someone who's coming from an overweight background and you lost 26 pounds in a year, you'd be pretty happy. But if you're coming from a point of view of, I'm going to go for a heavy, I'm going to go for a a drastic weight loss and go for two pounds of weight loss a week. And every time, every week, every Monday, you're having to restart. Then it's not the tool for you. Then it's that, that's the wrong tool. It could be the wrong tool or it could be the wrong thing that you're using for. You could be trying to use a hammer and you're trying to fucking use a screwdriver. Well, that could be a better fit. It also has a generic database. The people that are entering the database into it are 
people who may not be in the know. They could be the generic people. They could be like general population. And there's adding to the database and they could be cal- calculating the information wrong. So when you type in, say, a yogurt or a pack of biscuits, it's not quantifying them. The amount, it may not be quantifying the amount correctly. Even mm-hmm. the most experienced person who's using my fitness file could be a, a margin of error of 20 or 30%. If you got 20 or 30% less of your salary each month, you would be pretty angry and pissed off. So it's the same thing. Talas is in stitches. When it comes to calories, no, no, I have no problem with it. Like, yeah, but when it comes to your, my money, my money is more important. No, you are more important. And money cannot buy happiness. But so the database is generic. There are other there are other databases out there. But there's also a barcode, barcode scanning function on it that you can use, which we'll talk about later on. It also can bring in the element of I need to be perfect on it. If I go over one gram over on my protein, one gram on my carbohydrates or one gram of my fats i fucked up the whole thing the element of perfection is coming from you it's not the app Mm. so if you think of the app and it's triggering you the only way a gun can go off is if you pull the trigger so it's important for us to remove the trigger and if the trigger for you is my fitness pal and it's triggering you remove my fitness pal from your phone and go for a more, more wholesome more holistic approach which is go for your regular meals then the question will come in well how can i know what i'm eating how did you eat before my fitness pal came along? How were you before as a kid? How were you before as a teenager? Yes, it may not have been amazing at the same time, but you are having the basic concepts of regular meals, regular feedings of veggies, regular things of protein. Most people know what to do. They're just relying on an app to, to validate and to justify their actions. Validate and justify their actions. If my fitness pal is triggering you, Please uninstall it right now. If you are using 1,200 calories, you're going for two pounds of weight loss a week, please uninstall the app. Please work with someone that gives a shit. And if any PT, like, yes, there are there are coaches that are transformation coaches and it's place for 1,200 calories and 800 calories, whatever it may be. But generally, they're bodybuilders and some of them may not have the most amazing relationship with food. They're going for a solely aesthetic, aesthetic viewpoint. And that's up to them. But if you're coming from a point of view of an emotional eating background, my fitness pal it doesn't bring in, it's a robot. It's an app. It has no feelings. You aren't a robot. You need to be in tune with your emotions. If you're also coming from a point of view as well, I've got 500 calories left for the day. I know I'm going to have, I'm going to have all the chocolate. I've been there. I've been there, but that's not what's, that's not going to be hugely beneficial towards you because it's not bringing in the emotion. It's not bringing in that emotional regulation. It's like you're almost banking your calories for the evening. I'm not, I'm, I heard something yesterday from Brian Hangers that he was talking about banking calories for like trips away and stuff. Yes, there's a purpose that like people can bank calories and stuff, but it has to be in the right hands again. Most people probably shouldn't bank calories, but if you're restricting yourself from say 9 a.m. until 5 p.m., and then overspending in the evening and it's bringing you into a surplus, the app's not benefiting you in any way. So if the app is on your phone right now, it's not benefiting you, delete it. It's like Tinder or Bumble. If are not benefiting you and you're, you're kind of like being reserved or you're pushing people away, delete the app. If you've no interest in dating, delete the app. You're just bored swiping. It's the exact same thing. You're just boredly entering this data in for the sake of, and you're probably, the other thing that it can do is, it's only as useful if you are entering the information in. Like if you're saying to yourself, well, I'm not going to count this few biscuits that I've just had. That's that's the hard part. So it, 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 it's only useful if the person entering it is accurate. So if you're hiding stuff off my fitness pal, you are fooling yourself. And it, it's also, I think that one of the biggest things is people want to go eat things out and then they still want to track and they're like oh look i can still track using my fitness belt no you can't like it's a good it's a good point that is a very very good question yeah it's like but they're like oh but i can just search up subway roll or i can just search up you know like chicken chia butter sia butter or whoever the, the, the nazi language nazis come out here um it's like and they go look it only says it's 150 calories it's like so do you know what went into the making of the bread? Do you know the ingredients? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, like flour, probably egg and oil. And I'm like, yeah, now the quantities. Because that's going to be the biggest thing that comes here. How much fat was put into there? 
that's a different thing. It's like, what? What was the chicken cooked in? What was the bacon cooked in? It's like, you don't know these things. So it's like you're taking an impossible um, bit of information and trying to go, hey, look, this is it, and assigning it a value when there is no possible way, unless you were standing right there, weighed out the ingredients to know exactly what was in that. So people go, okay, I'm just going to overestimate. But their overestimate is usually if the whatever the number comes first and they see, so the first one that comes up, whatever one aligns to their goal, so if their goal is to lose weight, you want to take the, the role that says 200 calories because you feel like you're cheating yourself and it's 150 because you're like, you know, it's clearly going to be a bit more, but, you know, you're still using that idea of I'm, going to, I'm not cheating myself here. It aligns to my narrative. Then we go, I'm going to overestimate. So you add 100 calories and go, look, it's 300 calories for the role when it could be from anything from 400 to 1,000 calories. You will never know. So it's like you can't say you're tracking calories when you're going out and eating for lunch and you're going for these things. You can try and guesstimate, sure, but I'm like, that's a fool's errand. You're, you're just, just trying to go into the narrative of, look, I track calories. Yeah, and I think I, I, I think I said something yesterday or something to a client. I don't know where these analogies come from in my little head. I think I think in posts at this stage. I think Dallas has realized that as well. It's like my fitness pal is like a set of accounts. If you're leaving stuff off your accounts, it's, you're going to get shafted by the tax man eventually. Oh, yeah. And the tax man will come after you. So he's thinking of it that way. If you're like, if you're doing your accounts or you're doing your VAT returns or your payslip and you're kind of chasing money from to the people or whatever it may be, you're going to get caught out eventually. And if you think it's going to be leads to help you with your perfection, it's not going to help you with perfection because perfection doesn't exist. Perfection comes from trauma. It comes from getting bullied. It comes from not getting enough emotional attachment from your parents or your grandparents or those around you. That's where perfection comes from. It doesn't take into account the emotion behind the person. So if we're relying on an app to, to kind of tell us how to react as a human, you're setting yourself up for a fall. So there are many pros in the right hands. There are many cons. But once the, the, the emphasis on that is in the right hands. That's true. Who do you think shouldn't count calories? Shouldn't. Um, 99% of all population. Wow, that's a big statement. <laughs> Honestly, it, it comes down to the biggest thing in a way. One, you really don't need to count calories. You just need to actually learn how to be a part of your body, understand the sensations and feel and understand where you've come from. We grow up understanding how to eat watch kids play unless they have a leptin deficiency or actually have a hormone dysregulation in themselves then do they have issues actually regulating their food intake if that is not the case kids are very good at regulating and if you leave them they have access to, for them to eat food they're so good at regulating because yeah. it's a natural construct we need but then the environment when we start changing the environment we start noticing weight gain starts to occur because we start pushing on stuff like processed food. And I was like, we know that's not going to get the same satiety signals. So it's like, no wonder why the kid 20 minutes later is hungry. So now they're going to eat again. But when you're giving them access to the ability to eat food, they regulate their hunger. And I'm like, adults can do the exact same thing. It's like, so why I say 99% of the population is because everyone has that potential to get back to that place of regulating their food intake. It just takes some time and discomfort getting used to it. So we want to use a tool to make up for it. It's like time to learn about yourself, time to learn at what makes you tick. And I was like, it takes time. But once you get to that position, you're in good good position for it. Like eating disorders really shouldn't be there. Any form of trauma when it comes to how we see and perceive food, bad relationship with food doesn't go well. So it's like... You can use this tool if you have those things. Yes, there are people that do it and it works wonderfully. But then it also comes down to the question, are you using the tool as a mechanism to control something? And that is an issue. So and that's why I went like a lot of people will be sufficient just to learn about the hunger signals, eat regularly and come back to it and have no problem. I love the, the thing they said there about the embrace your inner child. Like you're, if you've, if anyone's listening to this and they've got kids, your kids will tell you when they're hungry. 
their kids will also leave food on the plate when they're full. We can learn an awful lot from them. Kids are cleverer than we realize. Kids are clever. They're like little sponges. They sponge off our little habits and whatever it may be. Yeah. It's something that we can note of. We're so busy being on the go and kind of like stress and kind of like constantly pressure, pressure, pressure. But we never take time to be present with ourselves. And the only thing that if you're coming from a controlling background, listen to what I'm about to say. You cannot control the past. You cannot control the future. The only thing you can control is the now. The only thing you can control is the now. So if you were to look at something right now regarding your eating or whatever it might be, is the importance of being present. Present doesn't mean being on your phone. Present doesn't mean being on, watching TV while you're eating. Being, it doesn't mean trying to be on a laptop and trying to dry your hair at the same time and eating with, with the other hand, the spare hand, if you've got three hands. Um, but it's about being present. And that's the hardest part for most people. We don't know what being present feels like and we don't know what present is. If you ever notice that whenever a kid is playing, they're at their happiest. If you ever notice that when you are driving and your mind starts to wander a little bit, that's when you're doing your thinking. If you ever notice when you're properly doing some deep work or you're kind of like in the gym or you're sitting at your desk or whatever like that and you have a deadline, you're being present with your work because things are happening. Things are going in the way, that, the direction that you want to go because you're in the now. It's the same thing. It's getting, it, being present would allow you to have that emotional regulation, which is the hardest part for most people. So embracing your inner child, I think is a beautiful sentiment that you've just said there. Um, when should you not count? Uh, <clears throat> if you are counting, We'll start with it there. If you are counting and it's, say, eight weeks and you've been counting, and next minute you start feeling like, oh, like, I need to weigh this, or like, I don't know what I want to eat, or, like, you know, you, you're, you're constantly looking and opening my fitness pal going, oh, oh, how much calories do I have left, or what are my macros, or, oh, could I fit this in? You're probably time to step away from it. And the reason being behind it is the tool's now becoming a part where you're trying to use to control, but it's also warping your understanding of food. Now, you can use it intermittently, which works wonders for some people. You do a nice two-week stint of trying to make it work for you in terms of you weigh everything, see where your food intake is, and then you're like, cool, there we go. Now I can pull back. So you use it as a way as a tool to kind of give you that initial kind of structure, and then you can kind of move from there. Other things you probably shouldn't start using is when you start thinking and focusing all about it. It's like my fitness pal is telling me how much I can eat. Okay, I'll eat that. Or I have the two, 300 calories left. What can I fit into my day with this? When, when that starts happening, you're on a whole damn shit show of a problem. Because effectively what goes out is any convention of normal eating, and we'll put normal brackets for everyone listening, what ends up occurring now is you start warping how you eat food and how you see food. So it's always based on, not only have that feel and texture and satiety and how it feels for you, but now it becomes down to purely calories based. And then you're like, well, I've got 500 calories left. I'll just eat pop tarts. I'll eat chocolates. I'll get all these things and just start going to a crazy diet that ends up getting highly processed. Now, not processed is not too bad when you're following some form of moderation, but it really screws up you in the long run because now everything starts to change. It's always based on calories. Oh, I can't eat that because of calories. Oh, I can't eat that because of things. So like everything can fit into your life. And that's what you need to know. And if you're looking at it that you can't because of my fitness balance, you've got a problem. Yeah. It's as as Dallas has just said there regarding like if you have say if you've looked at if you if you're not hungry and then you open up my fitness pal telling you that you're have 500 calories left and then you're eating anyway. It's kind of counterintuitive. It's not intuitive at all. No. But then you're also disrupting your satiety signals because now you're putting food into your body when you're not hungry. So the body goes, okay, well, clearly this is an eating time. So now what you're doing is like if we recognize from a hormonal perspective, ghrelin rises in the body about 15 to 20 minutes before um, a meal onset time, right? 
So that means that if we actually get someone to fast for a day, two to three days, right, they will notice they will get hungry at those times they usually would have eaten food. Because it's like, think about it, it's a schedule. It's that alarm bell that tells you it's time to go to the next class. So it's going, okay, we need to get the body prepped and ready for food to come in. So now when you started going, oh, I'm going to eat at any time at random times, you're telling the body, oh, this is when food's coming in. This is when food's coming in. So now if you do that at random times and you keep going through that process week in, week out, isn't it wondering why at random times of the night you're hungry or random times of the day you're suddenly hungry? Because you've been putting food in to the body at random times. So it's like the body will learn the schedule you give it. So that's where that goes awry. It's like your body will naturally regulate its hunger patterns. But when you keep pushing food in and taking out, pushing food and taking out at just random times, you are going to start noticing you're going to be hungry at random times through the day. You don't want that. No. And and, that, and that's it. Like, I think it, it, it removes that emotional regulation, removes the kind of like the hunger hormone regulation as well. From that, you're kind of, you're taking the human element out of it and you actually want the opposite. You want the human element in it. Uh, We're not artificial intelligence. We're not robots. We feel. And there's two different things. There's, there's feeling and then there's brain. There's two different entities. There's the consciousness and there's us. And there's, we have to be able to try and be in sync with those two things. What are the biggest mistakes that you have made? with my fitness pal. I'll turn this on Dallas. Oh, um, originally, obviously not using proper entries. So that one, that for the first two months, that was a, a good one. Like going like, oh, look, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's oats. Cool. Yeah. Take it in. And it's not the same oats I was using. So clearly there was going to be a problem. <laughs> and then there was a little bit more thought into it. Um, so that, that, that went in well after I realized that, oh, yeah, wait, oh, these things are not different. Oh, well, these things are different. Then it's like, okay, now looking at the back of the pack and going, cool, cool. Okay, this is the right one. But then also recognizing even though you find the right one, it also doesn't tally what's on the back of the pack. And that's a whole different aspect. So now, now you've got six, seven different entries <laughs> of Flanavan's oats that all tally, say, 148 calories, but actually don't tally 148 calories if you do the calculation. So a lot of people miss out protein, carbs, and fats and fiber, and they just put in the calorie allotment. So then you actually, once you tally everything up, it's more than 148. So that was that one. Um, Picking random ones from different databases, that's... That's a great one. Oh... That always works. Yeah, I'm going to pick something from the U.S. database. Yeah, because, you know, or work clearly in the U.S. That, that helps. So that was another one. Um, relying it on food timing, telling me when I need to eat. Um, that was another one. Using it to tell me to move faster in my weight loss. That was another problem. It's constant reminder to step on the scale, which I'm like, screw you. The constant reminder of a freaking hey, look, you haven't logged in. Screw you. I know what you're doing. Stop screwing my damn mental state, mate. It's like, oh, goes on and on. Uh, what are the big ones? Um, I think the one I think the one for me is thinking that you need to enter the same food in the database every single time without actually realizing once you enter it in once, it's saved. So it saves you time. It takes a little bit of time because most people eat the same food every day. Yeah, and then, and then the, weekend variety comes in. Oh, and when you tell someone, they were like, oh, like... When, when I haven't got time. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, I can't eat the same thing every day. And you're like, sorry, Sandra, have you been eating the same breakfast for the past two years? Maybe. Oh, wait, so what are you complaining about? You know you what it is. Um, I guarantee some client, I can hear about three clients laughing to us just having a rant there in a moment. Uh, we are, in fairness, sometimes that's, I think we are the two old boys in the Muppets. Oh, <laughs> Waldorf. And what's your one name? <laughs> now, I know who you're talking about, but I'm not going to name them because I don't need to be associated. If anyone wants to create a meme with us in it, please do. Um, the, <laughs> the other thing is that people don't realize that there is a scanning function on it as well. You can scan the back of the packet, but this leads into the next one, which is that people forget to multiply it by because it's only per 100 grams of something. 
So people forget to multiply it. So if you're having two chicken fillets, well, then it's going to be more than 100 grams. If you're having over 100 grams of oats, well, then it's going to be multiplied by something. One of the things is like, if you are, it's only, you have to realize one thing is like, you think it's 100% accurate. And Dallas has already said this is that it's, it's, it's guesstimation. Yeah. And one of the tools that I've used for myself when I did track, I haven't tracked in about three and a half years, but it's coming from the whole thing of that it's that's not 100 accurate. But if you are out for a meal or if you're out, whatever that is, multiply whatever you think the food is by say 1.5 or two. That will probably give you a little bit more accurate. But then people will be like, well, that's actually turning out to be probably about 2,000 calories. Well, that's turning out to be a thousand calories. But that's also probably more than likely what's in it. I've coached chefs before. Their number one job is to make the food tasty. Their number one job isn't to work towards my fitness pal. So people need to realize that whatever you are entering in from your meal, from when you're out or your Nando's or whatever it may be, I really want a Nando's. Um, but that's well, horrifying. I think I'm just like shitting his cornflakes. Yeah, just come up to my house and I'll make you proper chicken that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. I would like a leg of chicken, actually. <laughs> but on that note, remember, fat makes things taste beautifully. If you want to make something taste wonderful, add fat to it, add the spices to it, and you'll watch it develop. And when remove fat and things get a little bit less things. So it's like that's on the chef side, but also on the kind of things that often people forget that certain things are going to be different calories based on whether it's cooked, whether it's frozen, or whether it's a, and like in terms of fried, it's ah. Uh. Question. Yeah. Should you enter it in my fitness pal, raw or cooked? Because that's a very common question. Stick with raw. It's the easiest option. I don't understand why people go cooked because I'm like, now comes the problem. You need to factor in heat temperature, oil temperature, and water loss. I'm yeah. like, or no. water gain if you're doing it with rice or any exactly. of that stuff. It's like, how many of you have the time? also know and have the equipment to go through that no one and if you do please send us a message because like that is amazing yeah and then you probably don't have time elsewhere you're probably still watching love island um well that's gone i don't know what people are gonna do with their lives um uh, there's always gonna be something for people to latch on to um what are some of the the biggest like little tricks that you've come across with my fitness pal that you that are to beneficial to someone listening to this so if you're doing macro tracking right and just ignoring um the likes of vitamins and minerals and like that you can actually just type in protein gram carb gram fat gram so that way you can get the actual number of calories hence for protein it's four calories um, and it'll be one gram of protein. And then say, if you look at the back of your, say, for instance, whey protein, and you know it's 24 grams of protein um, for one scoop of five grams of carbs, you can literally just type in 24 grams of protein. So you'll take the protein uh, placeholder, put in 24, bang, do the carb. Works wonderful people doing macro tracking. So when you look at the diary, all you see is protein, carbs, and fats in their corresponding macronutrients. Works for people doing um, macro tracking. Doesn't come into play if you're not doing macro tracking. So it's like if you're the person who's looking to get 160 grams of protein, 220 grams of carbs, and 50 grams of fat, and you want to get in and around that number, that's where that can work in for you. Of the things, um, things that you make very often, create yourself a recipe that you will follow and you'll stick to. So play around with the flavors till you find something that you know. Note the quantity down. Create a recipe on my fitness pal. And then you have the portion sizes that portioned it out. So you know that once you follow the portion and you follow the recipe exact every single time and you weigh it out and you get 350 grams, that equals 500 calories. Done. You don't have to ever worry about it again. You follow the same recipe every single time. Another thing to do is weigh out your pots and pans, which very few people do. So the idea behind that is when you're creating a recipe, you need a total amount of weight. And the biggest thing is, so are you going to take everything out of a pot? Say you're making um, a lasagna. Are you going to take out all the meat sauce and put it into a whole different bowl to try and weigh everything so you can get a total weight? Or simply, if you already know the total weight of your pot, 
you can now just shove it back onto the weighing scale, take away the pot's weight, and now you get the total weight of your lasagna meat sauce. Done. Now you can create your recipe pretty quick and easy. So, and everyone's like, hmm, so nice one on that one. Um, yeah. Um, I think when people are looking at a lot of information, you talk about the minerals and vitamins and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like one of the things that people ask is like, oh, my sugar has gone way over. My salt has gone way over. My sodium, which is your salt, uh, has gone way over. Um, should I be worried about this? The answer is unless you are an athlete or stepping up on stage or anything like that, it's a very, very low hanging fruit. And probably if you are having a little bit more fruit, your sugar intake will probably be that little bit more higher. It will come down to your total amount of calories that you are consuming that will get you to your destination. If it's coming from a point of view of muscle building, well, that's going to be essentially your proteins. If it's going to be from a weight loss point of view, it's probably going to be your protein. That's the holy grail that you really, the only real macro that you kind of really need to look for. The fats are essential. Carbs are essential. Um, but if you're getting kind of like a little bit obsessed with kind of like your, your macros, that's where you need to kind of like say to yourself, are you, let's just go back to the total calories. Like if you go over one gram, if you overspend, that's like worrying about being bankrupt by about 10 cent. Like no one really worries about that. Come and call it. <laughs> it's like, mm. yeah, the repo man. Um, yeah, I think don't like, worry. Don't worry too much about kind of like the amount of salt. The, like, like sugar's not bad for you. Salt's not bad for you in moderation. Like if you're pouring in like a low salt or one of those things, like a, an endless tub into it, then it becomes a little bit different. But like, like even on the sodium side of things, remember like sodium is needed for everything in the body. And what I mean by everything, I went, your ability to function is based on the fact that we can create um, gradients throughout the body. So in terms of motor function, talking and everything is based on a sodium and calcium contraction. So it's like if you're low on sodium, which some people want to start noticing, they start getting like these little kind of weird cramps and twitches where it doesn't work very well. And the reason is because it's like when water goes up too much and there's not enough sodium in the body, we can't create those connections between the neurons. It just it doesn't sufficiently cross the barriers. And that's a problem. But also the amount of training you do. Also, how much of a salty sweater are you? Like I'm notoriously a salty sweater. So that means that- yes. Oh, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> that if I was doing something in the sun, I would be that person that when the T-shirt dries out, you would see salt on it. Um, so that would be in a sense that because I excrete so much salt, I need to replenish that amount of salt. So that's something you've got to think about. Um, in general, most people actually consume anywhere between four to six grams of sodium a day anyway, unless you've got really big problems in terms of hypertension is only when you really need to actually start truly worrying about it. Yes, if you drop the sodium a bit down, you will see about a five-point drop in blood pressure. But if you think about it of the grand scheme of things, a five-point drop in blood pressure is a literally 10 cents. It's not creating the biggest problem unless you've got hypertension. Um, one thing I would say on those micronutrients and minerals and everything, the one thing I would say is if you keep seeing your saturated fat at like 60, 70, 80 grams in a day because of what you're eating, it's probably time to take a look at it and start cutting back on your saturated fat. That is one thing I'll recommend that if people are on um, their calorie tracking and they see it coming up and it goes, hey, like you're past your daily limit for saturated fat and you're hitting upwards of past like 60, 70 grams, probably start looking. What types it. of food are they, Doss? Bacons, pastries. So get rid of your bacons and pastries. Think of your fatty cuts of meat often have high saturated content. Some dairy as well will have it. So if you're eating like blocks of cheese per day, yeah, you want to kind of do it. Fried food, yeah, saturated fats. So if you want to think about it, you can get, for majority of people, you can get anywhere from 20 to about 40 grams of saturated fat per day with no problems at all. When you start going past that, for most people, it now comes down to what are you eating? What's everything else in your diet like? And what's exercise like? Because now we're start playing in terms of atherosclerosis and we're still waiting for enough 
evidence to give us a conclusive amount of saying that saturated fat at high amounts will be a problem. So we're still sitting on that going, it looks like it, but we're not too sure. But to be safe, probably don't go crazy. Should you track your veggies and your fruit on my fitness bar? Oh, yes and no. Yeah. So you'll go with yes and I'll go with no. Okay. So I go go with yes and like um I've had even a couple of clients when they start out track veggies for the very good reason. Very few people in the beginning don't eat enough veg. So it's a good way for them to understand how much veg, because they're like, no, I eat a lot of veg. And you're like, so how many, how much veg do you eat in a day? And I'm like, uh, and then they calculated through my fitness balance is 200 grams. And you're like, so you haven't hit any of your vitamins and minerals in the day. Cool. Think about that. Then the second part as well is also to understand what people actually get more of. So everyone has a tendency to fall to one side of the spectrum. So they either be woefully overdone on greens or yellows. So that's where now we can see. So we're going to prioritize through that. So the tracking then allows the person to notice, oh, actually, I'm missing quite a bit of minerals and vitamins on the other side because I keep tracking only one thing. And then the three is just more awareness of what actually is in vegetables. So they have a better understanding because once they get it, they can go, oh, so my vegetables do have calories. Perfect. But they can also then see what is in them. So like, okay, that's more of a carb source. That also is carby, but not so much. And now gives them a little bit of idea. It's not necessary, but it is a wonderful thing to kind of teach people in the initial in the initial stages about what is fruits, what are vegetables, and where they fit in the diet. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that people don't like. Also, if you're like a bodybuilder or you're coming from that side of background, then you will need to count all that kind of stuff because those things do add up. But I'm gonna say no to some people as well because they're they're like pardon the pun, but it's lower hanging fruit. Yep. That we're just trying to get a little bit more greens into their body. Most people, as Dallas has said, most people don't eat enough veggies. So I normally, depending on the client, I'll probably say, all right, let's just get two or three types of veggies in or in fruit in each day. They're like, that's really easy. I'm like, yeah, but are you doing it at the minute? And it's not coming from a point of like up on my pedestal or my, it's kind of like, well, why, how can we bring that in? Variety yep. will really help. I always, one of the things I always say to clients is, well, I always have a bag of spinach in the fridge. Because you can just, and this is, a, this is a great tool if you're trying to get veggies into your uh, kids' uh, spag ball and stuff. It disintegrates, it mm. shrinks. The kid won't notice shit. Um, so you're 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 putting the handful in and just launch it into whatever you're having, and it's a great way of getting some sort of uh, uh, veggies in. Like it's re- it's fiber is essential, particularly for girls to get rid of their own cycle i've spoken about that and i think i lost the plot in the last episode uh, i definitely lost the plot in the last episode um but i'm for around kind of like 25 to 35 grams of fiber is generally where people are if they want to kind of count their fiber um and people will be surprised how low they are on that metric but the other reason why someone shouldn't is we're trying to just get them to eat regular meals with regular portions if someone's getting triggered by my fitness pal it's trying to take away another metric that they can to log i'd say 70 percent of my clients at this stage are probably not counting calories i've gone from the coach that was getting everyone to track to actually coaching the person i will hold my hands up i think dallas and jane will probably be admit that as well they've gone from having everyone track to becoming better coaches and being in tune with where that person is at and there is this fear of like oh i'm not going to be able to to control myself. I'm not going to have anything to to do. But I was like, well, how did you eat as a kid? And what do you mean? Well, I was able to I was able to have what I wanted. And it's like, yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to encourage you now. And that's where the moon and food journal that we talk about with clients comes in. And I had one of the the new girls been with me like probably about four or five days at this stage. And she's like, I never knew what what the trigger was. I was like, yeah, it was my fitness pal for you. And she goes, yeah, I've never realized that before. It was me banking calories so I could kind of, but then I'd end up imploding in the evening. So remove the trigger. Yep. Um, what about drinking on my fitness ball? How can you track your drinks or should you track your drinks on my fitness ball? Don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> so you can actually scan your bottles these days, which works nice, and it'll take out my fitness pal. I don't think there is an update that allows you to actually take from or make a choice between carbs or fats. 
So that's so that's the thing. So you can scan your bottle of wine, no problem, but it just ends up taking away from total calories. But it still leaves you with macronutrients left. So okay, that, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 targeting one element of the tracker, but it's not actually being, giving you the most accurate picture. Exactly. So you've got two choices. You can take. So we all know one gram of alcohol is how many calories? Seven. Um, I, I was like, I was like, I'm so hungry. I'm like, I've lost the plot. It's like seven. seven. So essentially, that means you could use a carb or a, or a fat to equate your calorie total for your alcohol. So that means that if you know you drink, say, um, a whiskey and a shot is 72 calories, roughly 72 for a Jack D, if I remember correctly, um, you can now then break it down into carbs. So you can take away from your carb source or you can take away from your fat source, or you can do a bit of both. It doesn't really matter which one you pick from. You're not taking away from protein because as we know, we need protein. So that's the way to do it. Ideally, you do not want to be seeing ridiculous numbers come away from your alcohol, but we're not having the alcohol anonymous uh, conversation here. Don't bank your calories for your alcohol. Oh. If you're going out in the piss in that evening, have your regular meals beforehand and potentially reduce by a couple of hundred afterwards because you're going to be in reset mode, hopefully. Hopefully is the operative word. You're not going to be in the fuck it mentality, which a lot of people will, like, will probably adopt, but it's two or three, 200 calories, 250 calories less the next day and the day after, maybe Sunday and Monday. I kind of go from there, but it's not banking calories because banking calories will lead to overspending. It's resetting and just getting back on track and getting back into it. Adequate water, that side of things will really, really help. If you are coming from someone who is looking to build muscle, there's new research on how much alcohol will actually impact on your muscle growth. I think it comes at about four and a half units um, before it actually impacts your gains which ain't a whole lot of alcohol if you're Irish. Oh, yeah, but then it's also factoring it. So we know four and a half units is when it affects muscle gain, right? Now, we can then say, actually, technically, one unit will affect muscle gain. Yeah. And the reason by that being is, goodbye sleep. You build your muscle and you sleep. stress. Yeah, it's just like, hold on a second here. So it's like, this is why I always, always talk to clients about it. I'm like, if your main gain is to build muscle... Alcohol should be that one thing you probably want to do without for as long as you can. And the reason being is you want to ensure sleep, you want to ensure nutrition, you want to make sure everything is on point for it because it takes a lot of work to build muscle. It just doesn't suddenly just Yeah. So it's like if you know that alcohol is going to disrupt your sleep, because we know that, we know that potentially stress is going to be a problem. We know that. And we know that it has to be metabolized first. So everything gets pushed. Now we're in a problem here. So it's like thinking about like, what is the outcome? What do we need to do? And does it fit into the lifestyle? And I think like to, to, to finish up, um, my fitness ball is a very useful tool. Yes. In the right hands. If you're someone that's coming from an eating disorder background, please go and talk to someone. Please delete the app. If you're coming from someone who's uh, with the background of going for two pounds of weight loss a week or has it attached to your garment, please unattach it from your garment because it'll eat back your calories. If you're going from 1,200 calories or two pounds of weight loss a week or 800 calories, please uninstall the app. Yep. We need to get that human side back into your eating. We need to get that emotional thing and being in tune with your emotion, not, not telling an app telling you and notifying you every time oh you need to move more you need to get your protein up you need to get your veggies up whatever the app really tells you at this stage but if it's triggering you in any way remove the app if it's coming if it's if it's benefiting you which it has benefited many it can't educate people but the only way they can educate someone is if they're in the headspace to do it if it's actually working for them correctly if they're giving themselves permission to have that if it fits your macros, if they're in the headspace to do it. Not everyone should have it if, if it fits your macros because some people can take the pace a little bit uh, mm-hmm. on it as well. So not IIFYM I, um, can benefit some people, but it's about kind of saying, well, how can I, what's going to benefit me right now? Is it, just pause right now and ask this question, is my fitness pal benefiting you right now? 
And if the answer is that it's triggering me, it's causing me to overeat, but it's not causing you to overeat. It's the trigger that's causing you to overeat. You're the one that's overeating, um, which is a harsh sentence now that I've said it. Um, so I apologize. Um, I think that's because I'm hungry. Um, if it's if you go over one gram of your macros or one calorie or two calories, you potentially need to look at why is that coming from? Is that coming from perfection or are you being too hard on yourself? And potentially that's the time to, to kind of, it's not like you're not going to be perfect every day. Nobody can be perfect. Not every day is going to be perfect. So is my fitness pal useful? Yes. In the right hands. Yes. There are people who shouldn't do it. There are people who may benefit from taking a break from it and going back into theirs and kind of like look at the mistakes that we've, we've both made on it. The tricks that we've spoken about drinking, don't bank your calories, fruit and veggies. It depends though, like the micronutrients and stuff like that. Dallas has spoken about those, but I think the big sense is embrace your inner kid and get back to what you were, what you were doing as a kid. I think that's the, the, the real message for, for today's episode. Um, so Dallas, I really appreciate you uh, coming on again. Um, so guys, if you want to, if you want questions, we'll do a Q and a episode. The next one, if there's questions coming in, I'll either rub them from the Q&A that I put up every Wednesday or I'll take them from this. So DM me if you want questions on. Love your feedback on this episode to see if it's actually beneficial towards you. You guys decide what the content is. You guys send in the questions. I don't make these up. You guys are sending the content in. So if you want questions in, message me. Message Dallas. Um, so Dallas, thank you so much for, for coming on. Well, welcome. As always, it's always wonderful. Uh, if guys have enjoyed the episode, please do tag us up on your story. Do leave a review up on iTunes. And then we have partnered up with Meditate with Laura for the month of September for her amazing meditation course. So www.meditatewithlaura.ie. And if you use Shane25 for a 25% discount, you will get that as well. So that's for the month of September. And she's doing meditations at like 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. Monday to Friday. And I've signed up myself and I did my first one this morning and I am quite zen. I'm a little bit hungry, but I'm quite zen. <laughs> so um, no, thank you so much, Doss.